Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Kiris. And I'm Emma Gillespie. Yes, welcome, Em. Who are you? Tell The Spillers who you are. I am the producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud, which listeners of that pod may know. And I also am the host of Extraordinary Stories, which is a documentary-style podcast on M+. Which is very, very good. What can't you do is the real question here. I'll stop it, you. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you today. We are popping your spill cherry. And we have got a ripper of a show today. There is currently a new Spice Girls documentary airing in the UK and a clip that has resurfaced from the late 90s is what everyone is talking about today. But before we jump into that, we have the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So Saturday Night Live, I am an OG stan of this show. It's back for its 47th season. 47, can you even believe? So from October 2, they'll be back and they've announced their upcoming slate of hosts, which includes Kim Kardashian West. She'll be joined by musical guest Halsey on October 9. It's the first time KKW will host and it's confusing. I'm feeling confused that she's going to host SNL. It's a comedy show. Is she funny? No. So it's not actually the first time that SNL's gone rogue with a hosting choice. Donald Trump, 2015. Anyone remember that? Which was tray awkward. So the show's ratings were pretty low last season and there are whispers that getting Kim K on is a bit of a ratings redemption grab. Other hosts coming up next month are Rami Malek, Owen Wilson and SNL cast alum Jason Sudeikis. So I'm very keen to see Ted Lasso back on the SNL stage. Of course I'll be watching KKW on her SNL debut. Do I think it's ridiculous? Yes. Will I be watching? Yes, of course. 1,000%. Well, the long-awaited full-length trailer for Netflix's new documentary, Britney vs. Spears, was released late yesterday in the lead-up to its release on September 28th. So the trailer for the documentary, which has been in the works for the past two and a half years now, features voiceovers from people that were interviewed for the documentary, as well as Britney's voice from her June 23 testimony, where she addressed the court for the first time publicly. I just want my life back. Britney's been silenced to speak out about anything that's really going on. Britney's never had one person she could trust. Not mom, not dad. Britney had a fear that her family would barge in and take everything. What was going on inside the conservatorship? And why was she still in one if she was, quote, okay? There was financial incentives for Jamie, for the lawyers. I represented dozens of conservatees in court. Not one of them has ever had a job. Brittany made other people a lot of money. I've worked my whole life. I don't owe these people anything. No one would talk until they did. 
someone very close to the conservatorship leaked me this confidential report. It's an epic fail of the legal system that this has gone on for so long. How do you get out? You don't get out. Until you scream. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does. It's been 13 years and it's enough. Whoa. What did you think, Em? Oh my God, it's so dramatic, chilling. It is so dramatic. And the things that I found really interesting about this, because I came into this thinking there was an FX documentary, The New York Times Presents Framing Britney Spears. And I thought, how is it going to be different? But it's completely different. And in the clip we hear, there's this confidential report that's been leaked by someone really close to the conservatorship. And there's an expert talking about working with many conservators, saying none of them have a job, talking about the failure of the court system. It seems like this documentary is really going to be focused on looking at conservatorships as a whole, whether they're necessary, the corruption that goes on, and the larger issues with conservatorship laws and I guess the overall justice system. I'm really keen to see the allegations of corruption against Jamie Spears in this one. I feel like that's the real point of difference. Did you hear they teased Netflix, that voicemail that Britney had left with a lawyer in 2009, so a million years ago, which I also thought was really chilling, and I'm just so excited for this Netflix drop. Hi, my name's Brittany Spears. Um, I called you earlier, um, but I'm calling again because I just wanted to make sure that we're in the process of ending the conservatorship. It's chilling. It just really goes to show how long she's been fighting this as well. What I thought was also really interesting is the director of the documentary, Erin Lee Carr, did an interview with the LA Times that came out yesterday, kind of in the lead up to this trailer dropping. And she said, we wanted to be the definitive place to understand the beginning, middle, and hopefully what we find out as the end of the saga. And when I was looking at the synopsis, I thought it was so interesting that they made a point to say that the film will paint a portrait, which I think is really telling of the artworks that's been released so far for the documentary because it is like a portrait of Britney. Looking at the trajectory from girl next door to a woman trapped by fame, family and her own legal status. And this was the part that was so interesting. It shows Britney's life without utilising the traumatic images that have previously defined her. And Erin Lee Carr went on to say in that Los Angeles Time interview that she made the creative decision not to use that same imagery that we know Britney found really traumatizing from the first documentary because there are a lot of sources close to Britney that kind of confirmed to page six saying that she had caught some of the documentary. She was really traumatized by those images that basically this narrative was being built around her of her being unsteady, you know, needing to have this conservatorship in place. So I thought it was really interesting. She said the incidents that happened in 2007 during one of those episodes at the hospital, you're never going to see those. And you don't. Like if you go back and you look through the trailer that's been released, none of that imagery is in there. I think this is the first time we're really going to get a documentary that focuses on the injustices that have happened to her and not the polarizing media coverage and what was depicted and what we had all been fooled to believe. Yeah, the timing of this one is so interesting too. It just feels like everything is coming to a head. The Britney momentum has just been building and building and building all year long. And this is dropping on September 28. And that's the day before Britney's next big court date. So, oh, the timeliness, the drama, the hype, I'm living for it. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. 
That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Well, recently, the Spice Girls marked their 25-year anniversary of the release of their single, Wannabe. Yes, uh-huh. It's been 25 years since Scary, Baby, Ginger, Sporty and Posh high-kicked peace sign and girl-powered their way into the pop culture zeitgeist. Damn, we are old. Oh, my God, don't. I know when I was writing this out, <laughs> I was like, this is exciting, but also, lol, really getting old. So to celebrate, there's currently a three-part documentary series called Spice Girls, How Girl Power Changed Britain, and it's airing in the UK. So the first part came out last week, which focused on the forming of the band and their early years. It was really cool. They had like a lot of old footage and they had one of their old original managers who was interviewed. So it was really cool. These are all on YouTube, by the way, so you can find them and watch them later. And then part two has come out this week and caused a lot of fear. And this particular episode takes a look at the UK media's treatment of the group as they were coming up and even more so as they pursued their solo careers after the band split in 1998. And the one specific clip that is just insane, I'll call it for what it is, it's insane, is from the show TFI Friday in 1999. Now, it's a show that was hosted by Chris Evans and the guest was Victoria Beckham. So 12 weeks before coming on the show, she had given birth to her first son, Brooklyn. And in the interview, Chris kind of congratulates her on the birth and then asks if her weight is back to normal, which is already jarring as you're watching it, right? To which she says, yes. And what happens next is truly shocking. Uh, is your weight back to normal? Yeah, it is. Can I check? Do you yeah. mind? Oh, no, you oh, did this to on. Jerry, didn't you? Come on. No, but Jerry was, like, really small. Yeah, but it's all right. This she, is she, horrible. She only got like, to number two. It's oh, all right. No. Yeah, number two's great. Is it all right? right number two. Okay. You can afford number two, can't you? Hey, it's not bad at all, is it? Right, okay, so just to recap what we heard, because it is a little bit confusing if you're just listening to straight audio, that's basically Victoria Beckham being weighed on live television 12 weeks after she's given birth. She was asked to prove that she had lost the weight by Chris Evans in front of a live audience that also included her fiancé at the time and now husband David Beckham. Okay, I can't. This is one of the most distressing things I've ever heard. Yeah. I can't tell you how uncomfortable it was hearing that clip. When you brought this story to my attention, like I had no idea this morning you told me about it and I was like, no, that didn't happen. That can't be real. That's toxic. No way. Yeah, and the fact that she says, oh, you did this to Jerry too. It's like a thing that was done on late night shows in the UK and like the late 90s, early thousands. And it was totally fine. The live audience is like laughing along. Can I just say, like, we're not meant to talk about weight and numbers or anything like that. But 12 weeks after she's given birth, she's tiny. And the fact that she was asked to prove it just baffles my mind. And even more so, I think that recently we've really been looking at kind of the media 
scrutiny of young pop stars and we're focused on people like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, the sexualization of like Jessica Simpson, like so many women during that time period that were kind of coming up. But it had never occurred to me that the Spice Girls had ever faced something like this. I think just because of what they stood for, girl power, and something I was reading made a point to say that when they were together, they were a lot stronger because they had each other and like perhaps like someone like a Victoria Beckham who at that stage was quite shy during media interviews and someone like Jerry or Mel B who were a bit more confident would kind of balance that out. So if a question came up that was a little bit invasive, they'd have each other to kind of back each other up. But it was more so when they went on to their solo careers and someone like Victoria Beckham who's sitting there and just like smiling through it. Everything you do as a woman when you're asked to do something that makes you really uncomfortable you know, smiling, nodding, saying, yep, okay, I'll do it, and then having to laugh it off. So I just thought that was so interesting that even they, of course they weren't, of course they weren't untouched by, you know, the time. Yeah, I think it's so easy to watch that and maybe men would be critical and say like, oh, well, if she wasn't comfortable, why did she do it? She didn't have to do it. No one forced her to do it. In that situation, she's on live television She's so uncomfortable. You can see Mm -hmm. that she is really uncomfortable, but she's a professional. And like so many women have done before her and since, you just smile and you say yes and you do the thing you do because you don't want to be called out. You don't want to have to have a confronting situation unfolding on live television. Imagine being a new mum and watching that show and seeing Posh, who was impossibly tiny, who is impossibly Mm. tiny, And hearing that number, seeing what she weighed, it would just make you feel so shit about yourself and it villainises Posh as well in a way that she didn't ask to be villainised. It's just such a timely reminder of how toxic things were, how far we've come, definitely. I mean, obviously there are still ways and ways and ways to go. But when we look at this story and we see what women in the public eye had to endure even the ones that we thought were girl power, badass, feminist, trailblazers, it's so important that we look at that and realise what they had to go through so that we could enjoy, you know, the world that we're living in now where hopefully no woman would ever be put on a show on live television and have to experience that again. I also think there's something uniquely British about it. I think the older I get, the more I appreciate how savage the British tabloids yes. are and pop yeah. culture and entertainment as an industry in Britain. It's just this no-holds-barred, savage industry. And I would like to think that in Australia maybe we're kinder, but I think especially in the UK, the way that they treat female pop stars in the media still, it's not nice. I love that point you made about UK media Definitely, because I think if we've been looking at the other kind of late night clips that have resurfaced, the US ones compared to the UK, there is a clear difference in kind of the vibe Mm. of them. Like one's, you know, a dickhead and one is like quite evil. Like the differences are definitely there. And I think, yeah, it's brutal. We are kind of here, but I still think there's so much work to be done. I mean, no one is getting weighed on live television anymore, thank God. But just to think about that, I really want Posh to come out and say something about it. Yes. I wonder if she remembers that. Like I would love to hear her talk about how she felt in that moment and like afterwards was she – super upset about it because in her 2001 memoir, Learning to Fly, she revealed for the first time that she had suffered an eating disorder 
during that time in the group and who knows Mm. how long it went on after. And also earlier on in that interview, he's asking her about how she lost the weight. I mean, she was 23 at the time. like She was a baby. She was a baby. Her body just bounced back. And some people have that for genetics. And when you're in your early 20s, like that's what your body does. And so she said, oh, you know, I haven't done anything. She was kind of not really wanting to talk about it. And then he almost insinuated that she had been doing other things and kind of talking about eating disorders. And she was like, what do you mean? And I've seen some of the comments online saying like, not only are we weighing this woman on live television, Mm. we're joking about having an eating disorder. And I just think it's so telling of that time. Like there was this period. Yeah, it's just wild. But I think these are really good reminders, as you said, to kind of look at how far we've come and to give kudos to all of the women who have come before us. Because as you said, without them, they walked so we could run. Exactly. I do hope we hear from Victoria Beckham on this one because she's incredibly private and she chooses her words very wisely. But when she does speak, people listen. If this has brought up any issues for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to the Butterfly Foundation. They have incredible resources. You can chat online or you can call their helpline on 1800 33 4673. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for having me. You nailed it. Oh, it's so much fun. We have good chemistry. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Oh, I always knew it, Kay Reese. I always knew it. I see you. I see you. Well, while you're listening today, can you please follow us? Can you please leave us a review? We have had so many nice reviews lately. And look, it doesn't hurt the ego, okay, just to get a little couple of nice comments in there. So leave us your feedback. Let us know what you love. Even let us know what you don't love. We are all equal up in the spill. And if you want to hear more from me, you can listen to Extraordinary Stories on M+. This is an audio documentary style storytelling series. We dive deep on stories like Belle Gibson, Charlotte Dawson, Lindy Chamberlain, Magazine Queens. We've got a series at the moment about Young Talent Time. I got to speak to Tina Arena and Danny Minogue. If you want to find out what that show is all about and you're not an M Plus member, we actually release the first ep of every season wherever you get your podcasts so after you listen to this bill today search for extraordinary stories in your podcast app give us a listen and if you like what you hear you can head to mamamia.com.au forward slash m plus that's m p l u s to become a subscriber or learn more or download the mamma mia app hit the m plus icon and find out what we're all about so good. My favourite was the Kennedy woman. I love that one. Oh, I forgot about the Kennedy yes. woman. Yes. It's very oh, good. Thanks, this episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joanu with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.